Everybody and welcome back to the Beef Up Front podcast here on PickSwap Media. This is your host Ryan Coyle here today with a uh, another episode as we head into NBA Draft Week coming up. Recording this on Tuesday, the fourteenth. Uh, we're about a week and a half out from the draft now, and today we're going to be diving into some of my favorite under the radar prospects in this draft. Some of these guys were some big time college players, and they're just not getting uh, that NBA type of love right now. Um, but then there's also a few guys that might have underperformed a little bit, some guys that might be a little bit more unheralded um, that I think could have a nice NBA career um, and, and the arrow might be pointing out for them. So we've gone through a bunch of stuff so far. I gave you a mock draft. Um, me and Sean on one of the previous episodes discussed our top eight guys. Like I said, I'm going to be running through some of my favorite under-the-radar prospects for this draft. Um, I got a list of 10 guys, and we'll start at the very top. Um, I kind of – did this in order of players where I think that they'll be drafted at in this kind of area now from top to bottom. Um, some of these guys might go undrafted, but I think they could benefit from that and potentially get into pick their team and go into a nice summer league team, uh, having a nice summer league and then finding a way in the NBA. That's kind of what it's all about. We've seen a lot of guys like Fred Van Vliet, um, Brian Archidiak in a few years has had a pretty decent NBA career. Um, just we've seen time and time again, guys go undrafted, but they're able to pick their spot, go to a team that either has a need for them or just a good track record of developing players, and they're able to find their way. So uh, I got a list of 10 guys here, and we'll start at the top with EJ Liddell. Um, if you're in the late lottery, early 20s, the six seven forward at Ohio State, I think could be a very good pick for you. Um, he's an instant impact type of player right away. Think of like what Herb Jones out of Alabama did for the Pelicans last year as a rookie. Um one of the, I think he was second team all league, but he had a good argument to be first. Just a guy who impacts the game in a lot of ways. He was going to be able to score. He's going to be able to rebound um, and shoot the ball a little bit better than we we expected from the rest of his college career. He had a really nice year shooting the ball this year. Averaged 19 points, eight boards for a team, for a good team in Ohio State. So he's a winning player. Um, I think he may, might be able to play a little bit of small ball five for a team as well. Um, has improved year over year throughout his college career. One of the more impactful players in the Big Ten during his time at Ohio State. Um, doesn't offer much as a playmaker. I think that's kind of where his his ceiling is, like a little bit limited. But a solid outside shooter, like I said, rebounds really well for his size at 6'7". And he's going to be ready to go from day one. He's going to play hard. He's got a high running motor. Um, he kind of reminds me of Eric Pascal as well, coming out of Villanova a few years ago, who bounced around the league a little bit, but still has been playing um, pretty good amount of, of minutes. So if you're in the late lottery or early 20s, I think this would be a really good pick for you and a really safe pick as well. Uh, next guy on our list, he's kind of the opposite of Liddell. This is more of a high upside kind of swing for the fence type of pick, and that's Bryce McGowan, 6'6", freshman guard out of Nebraska. I think he was Nebraska's highest recruit ever uh, when he committed. He was like the number 30 prospect in last year's recruiting class. But like I said, this is a pick all about upside. Some games he looked like a top 10 pick, and he showed off some of his freakish athleticism uh, and really good natural raw ability. But others he looked like he didn't even deserve to be picked or like a late second round type of guy. He's a player who I think really could have benefited from coming back and playing another year of college. I think he could have asserted himself as like a lottery pick, maybe even a top 10 for next year's draft. Um, but the real question with him is, can a team get the most out of him and make him a consistent threat? Uh, we see time and time again, teams take swings on some of these higher upside guys, but they're forced to play right away, get thrown into the fire. 
him. And they kind of just spiral out of control from there. If he goes with maybe like a winning team, if like the Warriors take a chance on him, that would be like a great spot for him, I think. If you look at what they've done developing Jordan Poole, kind of what they're doing this year with Jonathan Kaminga. Um, a team like the Spurs, I think they pick around like 20. That would be a nice spot for him, a good track record of developing players. I think he needs to go to a place where he's not forced to play right away, um, but if he is thrown into action time and time again, uh, he can showcase like stuff like his athleticism and ability to play defense. Um, if he could be, if he can be a more consistent offensive player, I think he could be one of the biggest skills in this draft. Very athletic, plays above the rim. I think his length and athleticism uh, could turn him into a very good defender in the NBA level. Only shot 27% from deep this year, so major red flag there. But he shot 83% from the line, so that's a good indicator that he's got good form, good mechanics. Uh, he might just need some more reps at the NBA level. He also played for a very bad Nebraska team this past year, so he was really forced to take a lot of tough, difficult shots. Um, you're playing in the NBA, you're going to be getting some more open looks, I think, around better players. Um, but a guy that I want to attach my name to as a sleeper and as a believer in, um, I'm excited to see where he goes, where he winds up, uh, and, and kind of his progress throughout his NBA career. Watch out for Bryce McGowan's. Third guy on our list, we're going with another freshman out of the Big Ten here, Caleb Houston, 6'8 forward out of Michigan. Similar to McGowan's, where he's a highly rated high school recruit, had an up-and-down freshman season, but I think still has one of the higher ceilings of prospects in this draft if he can put it all together. It's a big if, but if he's able to. Um, I think he's also safer than McGowan's just because at 6'8", um, a little bit more muscle to his frame right now, and I think he's able to rebound at a higher level. Um, just can impact the game in a few more ways than McGowan's can right now, but McGowan's ceiling might be higher. Um, Houston was on a much better team and in a much better situation than McGowan's. And he underwhelmed me a little bit from time to time, but I like his potential to become a strong three in the wing down the line. He's a guy who needs a little bit more time developing. I'd like to see him play maybe even this year in the G League. I wish he came back to school. I think he would have been a, a definite lottery pick, maybe even a top 10 guy next year if he was able to come back and put together a solid sophomore season. But shot 35% from three this year, that was just solid. Has good size and length. Um, needs to put on some weight, though, only 210 pounds right now. Uh, work on impacting the game more uh, just because he's not much of a playmaker. I think he needs to be able to do a little bit more, stay on the court, um, but has all the tools, I think, to find a long-term role in the NBA. He kind of, like his style of play right now, reminds me a bit of Tobias Harris. Tobias Harris-esque, not really the same player, but just the frame, um, if he can put on a little bit more muscle, um, and just kind of like the way that he plays right now. He's an up-and-down shooter, which we've seen from Harris over his career, but when they defend and they're committed to that, they can do that really well, and they can rebound at high levels when they're committed to that. So uh, if you're able to get Hugh somewhere, he looks like, it's looking like he'll be like a second-round pick right now, which another reason where I think why he th I think he should have went back to school. He would have benefited from that. Um, but if you're able to get a guy like him in the second round, that's worth the, the swing, I'm pretty sure. Um, next guy on our list, head to the Big 12. We got Christian Braun, 6'6", guard out of Kansas. One of the best players in college basketball these past two years. Um, also a really efficient player as well at Kansas. Shot 49% from the field this past year, 38% from three as an off guard. So those are some, some really good numbers there. Um, as a guy who is a not a high-volume shooter, but he was one of the main the go-to guys on the national championship team. So um, also showed really good athleticism throughout his career and has really nice size at 6'6 to play the two guard. 
Um, several times throughout his career, he showed the ability off the bounce to go up and punish guys at the rim, can be an impact player in transition as well. And he also plays with a really good, like, fiery passion that I really like about him. Um, he's just a guy who I'm confident is going to be putting in the work, wanting to get it done, wanting to continue to get better and help an NBA team. Um, he's being looked at as, like, a late first, early second round pick right now. I think he should go in the late teens, early 20s. Um, I think Braun's a perfect, a perfect example of one of the guys where you kind of overthink the draft. He was a really good college player. He has adequate size, uh, very good athleticism as well, and skills that should translate to being a rotation-type player. I think that all equals out to being a safe pick. He's not going to be an all-star, not going to be a superstar, but if he's a guy who's averaging like seven, eight points a game, shooting around 38, 39, 40% from three, playing defense – um, and he just brings that energy and passion to a team off the bench. That's a very, very good pick at that stage of the draft. So uh, watch out for Christian Brown to be one of the better players, I think, at the end of the day when we're looking back at this draft five, ten years down the road. Um, another one, this is a guy who I think is a very safe player. He's not going to be a star or anything, but like what he brings to the table, and I think he could help uh, especially some of these winning teams uh, when we get to the playoffs when you need that backup guard play to come in and give you like 10 to 12 minutes a night. And that's Andrew Nemhard, 6'3 guard out of Gonzaga. Um, like I said, another guy I'm viewing as a very safe pick, a player who had a strong career at both Florida and Gonzaga, so he showed at two high-level programs he's able to produce, shown he can play point guard, um, play the point guard spot at a high level. I think he can be a strong starter. Um, excuse me, a strong spot starter or a very, very strong backup in the NBA for a while, for the next 10 to 12 years. Proved his three-point shooting this year to 38%, was a like a 32 33% shooter for most of his career. So that's a bit of an area of concern, but he improved this year. We can see if that can improve a little bit more. But he's always been a really good distributor and taking care of the ball. Uh, never averaged less than four and a half assists per game in his career in college. I mean, his assist to turnover ratio was always at least two to one. So he reminds me of like a Tyus Jones type from the Grizzlies, just a really safe backup point guard option for a team who can come in, run the show when your main guy's out. Um, and you're, if you're able to get him in late, the late part of the first round, early second, that's a very another very safe pick for a team. Um, uh, that's why I kind of think he's an underrated guy right now as well. Justin Lewis, 6'7 forward out of Marquette. Um, I think he might be – on my list of for the most underrated prospect in this draft, been seeing him really only projected in the second round in like the forties. Um, but having watched a lot of Marquette, a lot of big East basketball, that's pretty, that's probably the conference I watched the most. Um, he was one of the better players in the conference this year. Very, very good uh, young basketball player. Still young, only played two years in college, um, six, seven, 245 pounds. So he's got good size and an already really good frame at 245. Um, was part of an overachieving Marquette team this year, and I think he was the main reason why. I think he really led the charge for that team when he was playing well. That's when they were hot. Um, and then he kind of Marquette kind of sputtered in, in that one part of the season, and that's where you saw uh, Lewis's production not be not be as high as it was in other parts. So he's a really good. Uh, in terms of being able to like lead a team and spearhead them at the college level. Um, I don't think he's going to be like that in the NBA, but another productive wing off the bench. We're going to be talking about a few more guys, but you look at this list, it's long athletic wings who can impact the game in multiple ways. That's what you're look. That's what these teams are looking for in the NBA. You constantly need more and more guys to be able to go out there, be athletic and defend on the perimeter. And Lewis can do just that. So can score rebound, defend, uh, the major question mark with him is his ability to consistently shoot the three ball. If he cleans that up, he could be a major steal, one of the better prospects out of this draft in my eyes. Next guy, we're staying in the Big East. Um, 
everyone actually besides one more guy is from the Big East on this list. Um, I think all these guys have a very good chance to be undrafted. Um, the other prospects I touched on so far, I think will at least get picked in the second round. Um, the rest of these guys have a very good chance to be undrafted, but I think could with a good summer league, could find a way into the league and be able to stick around for a little while. Um, next guy is two-time Big East player of the year, 6'3 guard, Colin Gillespie out of Villanova. Um, haven't seen Colin play since he was young in elementary school, throughout middle school, throughout high school, and now throughout college. There's no doubt in my mind that he finds a way to stick in the NBA. Just knows how to win and play productive basketball. Um, you look at Villanova players as well over the years, they're kind of turning into like the Alabama version of football where it you know that these guys are going to be trained. They're going to be prepped. They're going to be ready to go to play in the pros. They're going to be safe picks. That, those are the type of guys you want to get. You look at guys like Josh Hart, Jalen Bronson, Mikhail Bridges, Dante DiVincenzo, Ryan Archidacano for a little bit, Eric Paschal a bit, um, Kyle Lowry, just guys like they're just really constantly putting out good NBA players year in and year out. Uh, and they're able to just find in, find their way into the league, and, and then they stick. They find their role. They find a good spot on a, a good team most of the time. You look at most of these guys, they're on winning teams, um, and they just stick around and are productive NBA players. That's what you get out of a Villanova guy. I don't think it'll be any different with Gillespie. That's why if Jermaine Samuels gets picked or is an undrafted guy as well, I think he could find a spot in this league. Um, they're already pros just like the way that they're wired. So he can come in, run the second unit on an NBA team next year, and that's a lot safer than some of these guys. You're banking on potential with a lot. Sometimes you just got to play it safe. If you have a need for the backup point guard spot, Gillespie could be your guy. Elite free throw shooter shot 90% this year, shot 41% from deep, never below 35% from three in his college career. Has always been an elite level shooter throughout his youth and throughout high school and college as well that we've seen. Um, I think the major just question with him is his overall athleticism. That might force him to go undrafted, but he's a smart, high IQ player that'll be able to find ways around that like he always has. Um, I think he's a guy who's going to really benefit from the summer league and find a team to call home for the NBA. Next, we go to another Big East school. Um, we're going to UConn for this one. That's Tyrese Martin, 6'6 forward out of UConn. The NBA, like I, I've been talking about throughout this podcast, is constantly looking for athletic wings who can defend. Um, and here is a guy like Tyrese Martin that fits that building. Uh, very productive college career at Rhode Island and UConn. Really improved his three-point percentage. He went from 32% as a junior to 43% as a senior. Hovered around that 32% mark for like his past three years. So we'll see if this past year was an outlier. I like to look at that as a positive, as an improvement. He's a guy who shot around like 70% from the line for most of his college career. So decent, decent there. Um, didn't really shoot a high volume of threes this past season, but still a guy who I like to see that improvement. And you pair that with his 6'6 frame, his athleticism and ability to defend. That's another uh, making him an intriguing guy. So really can rebound as well. Average almost eight boards a game this year as a scrappy player. Reminds me kind of uh, of the Martin twins out of Nevada who have found a role in the league with the Heat and the Hornets, just guys on the wing, athletic players, um, good in transition, good defenders. And if he can just consistently shoot the ball, he's going to stick around for sure. Um, not much of a playmaker and creator on offense, so that's kind of where he gets pushed down, I think. But if he defends, like I said, rebound, and he's able to make some plays in transition on offense, he can be a productive role player at the next level. Two more guys to go. Uh, this guy is a local guy from Philadelphia as well, and that's Jordan Hall, 6'8 guard, point guard out of St. Joe's. Um, 
a six eight point guard, that's kind of where really where you start. Maybe he doesn't play point guard all the time in the NBA, but he's best when the ball in his hands and being able to make passes. Intriguing player just due to his overall size and skills. Very high IQ player. And like I said, might be one of the top five passers in the draft. He's at best with the ball in his hands and he's able to make plays, not just in transition, but in the half court as well. Not in a very a not a very efficient shooter from the field, though. That's where his kind of red flag is. Only shot 39% from the field this year and 38% freshman year. I think he shot 36% from three this past year and 35 the year before. So those numbers certainly need to rise if he wants to stick around and be able to play uh, offense consistently, not just be a pass-first type of guy. He is going to be a pass-first guy right away, but if you're if he's going to want to stick at the next level, I think he has to be able to score a little bit more. Um, that's something that certainly has to improve. But he is a triple-double threat. He posted a few throughout his college career, averaged 14 points, six rebounds, five assists this year. Um, and at a school like St. Joe's, who has struggled over the past few years, he was one of the few bright spots. So I think he might be a, a guy who's viewed higher in NBA circles just because you don't really see six, eight point guards like him and being able to impact the game in terms of rebounding, assists, and scoring. Um, I think he has a very good chance to get drafted towards the back half of the second round. Um, a lot of the media, I think, is kind of overlooking him right now. I think he has a good chance to get picked. One note about this draft, though, is there's only 58 picks compared to 60. So two guys are not going to get picked. And you got to figure there's probably going to be like 10 international draft and sash type of guys. So that really leaves only like 48 players from both the G League Ignite and uh, the major college basketball to get picked. So that's something to watch out for. Um, but I like Hall as a potential late second round pick. And I think – like I said, his size and uh, athleticism and skills are going to be something that intrigues a lot of teams and gives them a good chance to be selected and have a productive NBA career. And our last guy is Jared Roden, 6'6 guard wing out of Seton Hall. My notes for him just very similar to Tyrese Martin, where he's another athletic wing who can defend. That's what teams are looking for. We see throughout the NBA uh, playoffs. You're, you need to have guys who can defend multiple positions, um, but then also can knock down shots. Roden, a pretty solid shooter, but he's another guy who had a very productive career in the Big East, um, playing at Seton Hall, one of the more winning players in program history. Um, just a, a very, very good, solid college basketball player. He should be up there, I think, kind of with the Christian Braun types, uh, Justin Lewis a little bit more, and not like down near this undrafted area. But all it takes is one team to believe in you and a few good games in summer league. Then you stick, you find your way on, you get a contract. And if you're on like the two-way or or even just the uh, roster from day one, these guys are going to be able to find their way into the league. I'm very confident. Um, so that's why these are my 10. The radar doing a draft, popping on the pick pod, uh, talking about some going forward. Um, draft is only, like I said, a week and a half out. But thank you, everyone, for listening. If you haven't already, please subscribe to our YouTube channel, and we will talk soon.